20 to 1. The boss of Tourism Australia is about to hold some high-level talks in China to launch a fresh campaign to try to bring back Chinese tourists. And tourism was at the centre of Beijing's threats against countries like Australia at the height of the diplomatic war over COVID. And the Chinese ambassador even warned that Chinese tourists may never return to our country. Well, the sanctions that they imposed on key industries like lobster, coal and wine have been absolutely devastating. But over the last few weeks, things have started to get back on track with our trade. And we've even got our Australian and Chinese ministers finally talking. But I mentioned this week that the boss of Penfolds is heading to China to hold meetings with local authorities. China's also been reaching out to our local coal exporters. Lobster exporters have seen their licences approved for the first time in a number of years. And thousands of tonnes of Aussie cotton is reportedly landing in China. So things are starting to look up with our key trading partner. And we can only hope that this new tourism campaign called Don't Go Small, Go Australia will bring back the Chinese tourists. But will our COVID restrictions and COVID testing requirements stand in the way? Well, Margie Osmond is CEO of the Tourism and Transport Forum. She's on the line for us now. Margie, welcome to Afternoons. Good afternoon, Deb. You must be pleased to have the boss of Tourism Australia about to touch down in China. Oh, no, it's great news. And I spoke to Pip Harrison a couple of days ago, and I think uh, they're very pleased with the reception they're going, you know, they're looking forward to seeing when they get to China. There's been a lot of warmth and interest in the return to Australia. Well, a lot of Chinese people are keen to be able to travel the world now that the ridiculous COVID-0 restrictions that were imposed upon them have been lifted but put it into perspective for us how important Chinese visitors and Chinese tourists are to the tourism industry. Well before COVID China was our biggest source of international visitors uh, by number but more importantly by spend so they would routinely at the low end of the scale probably be spending about $5,000 per person while they were here and further up the chain, probably about 8000 So they're very important to us from a revenue point of view. But increasingly, the issue is uh, free and independent travellers are out of China. So less of those group travel that go to very particular places and more people with a bit more money and willing to adventure out into all sorts of places was what Chinese travellers were looking like before COVID. And the new campaign, Go Australia, get, us, get them here, here for longer periods of time. That's what you're trying to tap into. Absolutely right. And look, one of the interesting things too in terms of China is because for so long the Chinese themselves couldn't leave China, it's changed some of their travel behaviours too. There was an enormous increase in the number of Chinese that visited national parks and rural areas of China during COVID. And across the world, we're expecting to see that as an ongoing change in Chinese travellers, that they're going to be very, very focused on the great outdoors and getting out and seeing our fabulous outdoors and landscapes. Are we going to have to change the COVID testing requirements, though, from travellers for China, Macau and Hong Kong? Because in New Zealand, they've already dumped the requirement that they test before arriving. Is that going to be an impediment to luring the Chinese visitors down under? It doesn't seem to have been up to this point, um, but I'm sure... That well, they haven't been able to travel up to this point. Well, they've been able to travel since the beginning of January. Which isn't long, though, in terms of getting no, the, the bookings not. and all the rest of it. Exactly right. So are you exactly happy to right. have the COVID requirements and tests still in place then? Well, look, I think we're happy for the government. We, we've uh, The tourism industry's made no bones about the fact that we would follow the health advice as was necessary. Uh, I think the government indicated some time ago that they were prepared to review this. And certainly if it's uh, been reviewed in New Zealand, we'd like to see that happen here because 
We need to welcome those Chinese travellers, in fact, travellers from any part of the world, uh, with wide open arms. Well, we know that New Zealanders had very strict requirements from visitors from other countries. So I think the fact that their government has lifted that requirement is something that our government should look at very closely if we want to attract those tourists here. And are there particular tourist regions in Australia that have been suffering the most because of a lack of Chinese tourists? Well, I think probably places like far north Queensland uh, in particular have felt some serious pain out of this. Uh, But really, the tourism industry across the board has felt the loss of those Chinese travellers because they were number one. And strangely enough, you'll find it'll be capital cities like Sydney in particular and Melbourne that really are looking forward to welcoming those travellers back because both Sydney and Melbourne are gateway cities and tend to see the vast bulk of those people passing through. And when do you think we might see tourism get back to the pre-COVID levels? Because there is a, a lag, isn't there, between the lifting of the restrictions and, and getting bookings because people are struggling to, be, to make flight bookings as it is and they're pretty expensive for, for everyone to, to book flights and things. Mm. Look, I think, you know, when we're talking about aviation, the big issue here is capacity. Uh, you know, we're sitting at something like mm, well less than 40% capacity of what we had for flights in and out of Australia and China before COVID. Uh, we would be hopeful that by the end of the year that might be back up to about 80%. So the aviation capacity issue is a really big one and that does affect the price of tickets as well. But I would say to you in the space of buying airline tickets, one of the behaviours that's kind of permeated the community because of COVID is people booking at the last minute. And that does tend to mean more expensive plane tickets mm. in particular. But you'll find that if you give yourself, you know, a few months in advance to book your tickets, you will still be able to secure those much cheaper fares. And do you think that we will see a, a shift in the way that the tourism industry operates in Australia? Because we've seen it with other industries impacted by the trade sanctions with the wine and the, and the coal sectors that they've had to diversify and look to other markets with that Chinese market not an equation, not in the equation anymore. Is it the same for tourism? Have we looked to other markets to fill the gap? Oh, yeah. Look, at the destination agencies in every state and federally, um, certainly Tourism Australia, while we recognise just how important China is, Tourism Australia and the other organisations have been putting a lot of energy into places like India, uh, the United States and Europe. So, you know, there's no sitting on your hands and hoping China comes back. You most absolutely have to diversify. And, you know, people are going to be a bit changed when it comes to being travellers. They're a little bit more cautious, but uniformly across the board, they're all keen on this issue of the great outdoors and getting closer to nature post-COVID, which is a big plus for Australia. And can we cope with extra tourists because we've got such staffing shortages? Do we have enough people to, to service the tourists if they come? Well, look, you know, anybody who's travelled in Australia over the last 12, 18 months will tell you that possibly, you know, service is not exactly what it's been before but it's done with goodwill Uh, but I think the issue for us is that we have a little bit of time because of the um, lack of airline capacity so we have a little bit of time to bring those um, job numbers back up and hopefully with the return of international students and backpackers that's going to relieve some of the burden but it's it's you know it's equally important that the review that the federal government's doing at the moment on migration and immigration really has to look very carefully at skills within this sector and how we give it a little bit more of a buffer and protection in the future. Mm. Well, let's hope that we get the tourism sector back to where it was prior because we know what an important industry it is for the country. Margie, thanks so much for joining us.
Thanks so much, Deb. Margie Osman there, CEO of Tourism and Transport. And I wonder what your thoughts are on this. Would you be happy to see that tourism market from China reinstated to the numbers that it was pre-COVID? Or do you think that we may need to consider other markets, which is what Margie Osman said the the tourism industry has been doing, 131873. Linda on the email says, we don't have enough people to run the cafes and hospitality as it is and we want more tourists from China. And she's wondering where will all the students live and take up the needed rentals too with more of the Chinese students coming back into Australia. They're valid questions too that need to be considered. So share your thoughts, have your say, 131873. It's 13 to 1.